and welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. Each week on the podcast, I'll be sharing pricing tips and strategies along with ways to improve the profit in your business. I've got a track record for helping companies get their heads around their business numbers, and now I'm here to show you how to start earning the money you deserve and become a pricing queen yourself. Hello, and welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. In this episode, I'm talking to Osman Sharif all about pricing mindset and what blocks you have in your business. It's a really, really good interview with Osman, and we talk all sorts of things about pricing and money blocks. So today on the podcast, I'm talking to Osman Sharif about pricing mindset. So Osman, welcome to the podcast and tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you for having me, Sally. I can't wait to dive into this topic with you. Um, I am a business and a mindset coach, and I basically work with ex-corporate professionals to overcome the obstacles and actually grow their own business. And um, I know from firsthand experience how pricing could definitely be one of those obstacles that definitely get in their way. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of the biggest things is that I think that most people I talk to massively, massively underprice and also have no confidence in themselves about it. And we'll talk a bit about imposter syndrome and all of that sort of thing. So let's just have a chat about, about what you think kind of are the main blocks and, and mindset issues that people have. Definitely. So for me, I like to keep things really, really simple when I work with my business owner clients as well. And I have what I call the rapid transformation formula. And I think this big picture really helps to set the scene around it. So whatever we're doing in business, Sally, I honestly believe that we have to have three foundations rock solid, the design, and that includes things like your vision, your values, i.e. what's important to you, your personality comes into there, but also your goals. And so many business owners don't have that piece even really set. And then you go straight into, right, what's my pricing strategy? But it becomes really hard to do that until we've got the design really clear. The second component is the mindset. And that's all about our limiting beliefs, our stories, our attitudes and our thinking. So we could dive into some top tips around that. But again, it doesn't matter how positive you are, how motivated you are, because you can still go around in circles if you don't have the right strategies or follow the right habits or you're not being as productive or you're not, again, what I use, the the terminology of your entrepreneurial superpower. If you're not doing things that really work for you in that best way, again, you can be going around in circles. So for me, I think ultimately pricing is, they cover all three of those elements, but we need to have that to really let our business grow, but also to let our pricing do, um, do well for us in our business too. Yeah, sounds great. So diving in then, design. Absolutely. So I think the key thing, and you know from your background, I had a corporate background before I left out nearly 14 years ago. A big part of that is, especially those business owners that have come from a corporate environment, or if they're early days, they don't sometimes know what they don't know. Okay. And often when we're in corporate jobs, no matter how much responsibility we have in our roles, we're part of something that's much bigger. So we often, again, I was a HR manager and I was involved in commercial projects and and different roles, both in retail and banking. But I had the luxury back then to have a commercial team, a legal team, a finance team, all these other people that were specialists at that. So I got to focus on what I was doing really well on. But, you know, when it came down to then starting my own business, it was exciting, but also terrifying because, again, 
I was looking around going, well, well, what should my strategy be? Kind of looking for, you know, my boss's boss's boss to tell me and then going, hold on a second. That's actually down to me. And and a big shift that really needs to happen and doesn't always happen, Sally, is people still actually are building their business or growing their business, but they're still operating like an employee. But actually, we need to be that business owner. And when we step up to be that business owner, that's what then allows us to really think about what's that right design for my business that also fits with me as well. So it's so fundamental, but it's not just a case of going, right, let me pluck out that goal, you know, from thin air. We need to really understand what is our vision because, you know, I'm sure you know, we can have a very similar business. Um, you know, client A can have a similar business to client B, but their vision might be completely different. Their values might be different. You know, client B might only want to work part-time, for example. They might have other priorities. They might therefore want to have a business a different business model compared to you know client a or business a so therefore can you see how they actually can't have the same pricing or the same strategy around it either what's your take on that sally yeah so i think that yeah so i left my corporate job three years ago now and yeah i was like oh there's something to do everything oh no now it's now it's all me and it's stepping up to be the ceo and outsourcing things over time and all of that sort of thing and i definitely think that why you set up your business is important and therefore the price you want, the sorts of things you want to do. Do you like doing one-to-one stuff? Do you like doing one-to-many stuff? Do you want to do courses? Do you, you know, what do you want to do? And I think all of that is what makes it quite different. I wanted to set my business up around my kids. So actually it was really important to me that I could work part-time um, and therefore I'm likely to earn less than I might have done in my corporate job because I wanted to work less. But it's kind of setting all those things out about why you're in why you've gone into business in the first place, I think. Definitely, because that then allows you to make the right decisions for you and your business. Because otherwise that's where we can, you know, get in our way and it can feel like we don't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? But when you understand right, I know what my vision is. I always start with vision before goals, because when you've got that vision, it's so much easier to then go, right, what are my goals for my business for the next 90 days or the next year? And then we can then start to get into some of the detail around, well, what does that mean in terms of how many you know services or packages or products I need to sell to make that happen? And obviously, we have to kind of remember that businesses got expenses as well. And that's where I see, <laughs> I can see you rolling your eyes there. But a lot of people, especially new into business, they don't really consider that. They think, oh, I'm getting paid a lot you know for that or I can't charge more but they're not really looking at the bigger picture in terms of well what needs to come off that but also even doing some of the basic numbers to go well what is my vision right let's say for example it's a an online course okay and then when you actually do the numbers to go well how many of courses do I need to actually sell to then make that vision happen and then when you look at, well, what does that mean in terms of the amount of marketing and effort and all that, that's where people often go, oh, I'm not charging enough because actually the numbers don't stack up. And often things like online courses, I think, particularly become a, vo- are a volume totally. business. So you might find the first time you sell them, there's actually not very much, in, you know, you maybe sell five and then, but every time you do it, you maybe sell more and you don't have to do more work, but it's being accepting of the fact that actually that's a long-term thing. And I think it's the same with memberships and stuff like that. It's like, you're not going to get a hundred people in a membership or a hundred people to buy your course the first time you run it, but it's kind of going, well, once I've done the work, 
I can I can build on that and build on that and build on that. And, and but all of that takes time. You can't do it all overnight. Yeah, definitely. But what I also find is that you know times as a great kind of analogy around it. But until we get those foundations sorted, I have business owners that I've kind of then started to work with that they've been doing this for like five, six years, but they're still kind of at that very early stage because they haven't made some of those decisions or really stepped up. So that's why I'm always banging on about this to go, how do you shortcut that time as much as possible to make your your vision come come alive? But I totally agree. It's typically not an overnight success. You know, we have other things that we have to consider, you know, your audience and how much energy you're putting into there and, you know, what your credibility is in the marketplace. All these things do come into the equation as well. Well, I think it's also remembering. So one of the things I also think people forget is that their corporate background is relevant to whatever they're doing. I love, love that. People go, I've only been in business three years. And it's like, yeah, but you've got, like, I've got 25 years corporate experience. It's like, you need to remember all of that is relevant, even if you move slightly in a different field. I mean, if you go off and do something totally different, maybe not. But generally, it's totally relevant. Definitely. And again, I know it's slightly off topic, but I, I love the fact that you said that because that's another thing that I see a lot of people, especially if they have left the corporate world because they may have decided it's not for them or they were so excited about being their own boss. But then they actually, it's like they walk out that door and they leave behind some of that experience, some of that competence, some of that confidence a lot as well. But I'm always saying to my clients, even though you're doing something quite different in many cases right now, but remember, you've still got some of those great skills, you know, being organized, being disciplined, being, you know, making things happen. How do we bring some of that into your business to really allow you to grow it as, as easy as possible? Yeah, and I think I think again, it comes to pricing. A lot of people say, "Well, I've only been in business for X number of months, or I'm new to this, so I'm not charging very much." It's like, yeah, but if you did that in your corporate job, you're not you're not really new to it, and you've dealt with much bigger budgets probably and much more people. But the reality is that now you're just doing it for smaller businesses and similar. You know, so often you're doing something quite similar. So I think there's a tendency to think, "Oh, I'm new at it, so I won't price as high." Definitely. And that's where it comes into the second part of what I call the rapid transformation formula, the mindset. And I really would encourage everybody. And and I, I say this really because everybody kind of has what I call it upper, what I call and um, I think Gay Hendricks talks about upper limits. Um, and I always refer to it about, you know, your upper limits because we often have those beliefs that make us re- recognize or think, oh, I can only charge this amount. And sometimes that can come down to, I've just started my business. Okay. So therefore you often can go, well, I can't charge as much as somebody else or, you know, what the industry norm might be because you've got this story to think, well, I'm just the the new person on the block. But like you just said there, Sally, that then doesn't bring into the equation all the experience you've got and and also the value that you're still actually giving that client in that way as well. So we definitely need to think about and recognize what's a little voice in your head saying and actually ask it and question it and challenge it to go, is that really true? And I love that fact. I'll give one example. There was a great guy that I worked with, not last year, the year before, and he was doing really well in his business, but he still had this big um, limiting belief really kind of like, you know, in the background of his mind. And during a coaching session, we identified it and it was down to the perception that he had around being a business owner, because there was a lot of history around, you know, family businesses in the past that didn't pan out. And we got rid of that limiting belief with him. 
He didn't do anything differently around his strategy or his marketing. And he then achieved his 90-day goals in 30 days. And he credits that down to just because he didn't have this belief that was kind of hanging over him. So again, that also applies to pricing. You know, ask yourself when you are potentially limiting yourself or thinking, I can only charge that amount. Do you know what I mean? Or my customers won't pay more than that. Is that really, really true? Yeah, and I think it's I think it's almost never true. I think <laughs> you might be looking for the wrong sorts of customers and you've got to yep. decide who you want to work with and you know whether you look at ideal clients and all that stuff. But it's kind of going, well, actually, you need to work with people who maybe are a bit further down the line if you want to charge more or want to have a you know, more expensive offering. You can't, you know, startups are not going to have very much money. So it's kind of looking at where you actually want to be in the marketplace as much as anything and and really kind of I think really pushing your beliefs about it all. It's like, well, if if the price is uncomfortable, why is it uncomfortable? Why do you think people yeah. won't play, pay it? And I think it's it's just kind of breaking through some of that. Definitely. And one top tip I have around that is even if you find one exception to that rule. Okay, so let's say, for example, you've got a, a price in mind that you think, oh, my customers or customers like my ideal client would not spend more than, let's just use an arbitrary number, let, let's say a hundred pounds, okay? And if you even find one exception to that rule to go, hold on a second, that client actually paid, you know, 500 pounds for that or 150 pounds, for example, whatever that number is, that just allows your mind to recognize that belief that you have isn't a hundred percent true, okay? So I'm always about kind of even with my clients, helping them to go, is it really true? Because it can feel true in our mind. But when we just start to kind of really find even the exceptions, that then starts to let that belief that you're carrying around just start to defrost effectively. And then you can start to be more open-minded to go, okay, well, there's other people that can or that value that or want that. And how do I then focus my attention on serving them in that best way as well? And I think, yeah, I think it's often about you're not talking about the value enough to your client as well. Totally. So it's talking to the client and saying, you know, it's not about how many hours I do. It's not about <laughs> what I deliver you. Actually, it's solving a problem that they want solved. So there's the thing that says it it costs you one pound to fix the broken pipe and it costs you £999 yeah. to know which bit of the pipe <laughs> is broken. Totally. And again, that's where when you recognize that, it then allows you to go, right, what what can I do to make that as easy as possible for, for that client? Again, obviously, it depends on the business model that you've got. But one thing I also see clients do or business owners do is they start to add lots of things into their services or their packages because they think, right, if I add this and I add that, the customer will think it's more valuable, right? But what they actually don't recognize is all of that that energy sometimes it's a time sometimes it's a product etc that's still costing money right but what they're actually doing is a lot of the reason why they're doing that is down to still a lot of their mindset going oh it can't just be me helping them for that one piece of advice you know i can't charge that amount i need to then add everything like the kitchen sink into it but really you don't and you could probably do a better service for your clients to go let me help you cut to the chase to get the results that you want rather than actually going around the houses well, i think that's it and the quicker you can get a result frankly the happier the client is because and that's the trouble with pricing by the hour and all of that sort of stuff yeah. is kind of go it punishes that efficiency thing which is actually people will usually pay more to get something done either by you and not by them or quicker Totally, 
totally. And one top tip that I'd kind of share, and I've done this a lot in terms of with my clients, is recognizing what your upper limit is, okay? And in a really practical way, because it, it, you get to trust your gut instinct, your unconscious mind as well. I actually kind of, um, when I've done this in workshops, I'll get pieces of paper or post-it notes and literally just write down, let's say it is, you know, increments of what you're thinking of charging, okay? So imagine it's like, you know, £100, you know, um, kind of increments. And lay them out on the floor, right? And it could be £1,000, whatever it is, depending on your your industry or what your, what's relevant for you. And actually just walk from one step to the other and go, right, so if I was to say to my client, okay, this is how much my product or service is, you'll really quickly go, do you know, even saying that, I know, seriously, I'm embarrassed to say that because actually that's too little, right? But you will get to a point where you'll keep walking and then you'll get to a point where you'll you'll hesitate slightly or you'll start to go, oh, I feel uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? And that's really important to know because then you get to recognize, well, what is my upper limit? When I get to that point, it might be, you know, £500 or £5,000, but do you know when I go above that, that's when my doubts or my self-talk or my imposter syndrome starts to kick in. And then it allows you to recognize, okay, what do I then need to do to move that up? Or is it important for me to move that up for my business model? But it's a really practical way and it often has so many insights. I see people actually physically not being able to move past that step and that just gets them to go, Ah, okay. And let me give you an example. When I did that the last time, one client recognized that when they started to have, and they delivered a lot of training courses to the corporate world, when they started to have bigger opportunities present themselves to them, okay, and it was potentially going to go above that pricing point for them that's where they would actually start to sabotage their own success. You know, they would actually start to kind of hold back. They would not even respond to some proposals. And it wasn't because they didn't have the capability or capacity to do it. It was just because they knew that they would have to put that proposal out there that would be way above what was their upper limit. So again, I hope that's a helpful tip for you and your listeners. Yes. And the uh, the, the book is, is, is this the book, The Big Leap, isn't it? The Big it? Leap, yeah, yeah. By yeah. Gay Hendricks is a great book for kind of looking at your upper limits and how you might break through those. Definitely, definitely. So have you got any tips on how to kind of, other than that one, which I love, I'm always telling people that you should go slightly, slightly uncomfortable with your pricing. If you're not uncomfortable, it's too low. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I agree with you. But also balance that, you know, I, I see other people out there that give advice to say, you know, just double your prices or whatever that might be, okay? And for some people, again, depending on your personality, that might be a, right, let me do it. I'm, I'm flying by the, you know, the seat of my pants and I'll, I'll make that happen. But I've also seen a lot of business owners do that and actually it doesn't work well for them because they then get more terrified by that price that they stop taking action, they hold themselves back and therefore they actually end up getting less business as a result. So what I did in my earlier career, uh, well, er earlier time in business was when I had my packages, I actually then made it a bit of a rule for myself. I knew it wasn't where I wanted to be in terms of that price point, but I then had the rule of five, Sally. So every time I then had five clients that actually signed up for a coaching package at that point, that was my challenge to then go, okay, now I then increase it to that next increment, okay? And what that then did was it allowed me to, you know, the next time that I raised that bar slightly and a client then said, yeah, perfect, right, let me sign up. That then became the new minimum in a way. 
And therefore, you know, and I, I think it was a space of a year, I had rapidly increased, you know, what I was charging to what I ended up charging, but it felt more natural. It didn't feel like, a, you know, I was going from, you know, one extreme to the other as well. So again, that might be a practical tip that might help some of your listeners to go, I can raise it, but, you know, incentivize it, gamify it slightly to go, right, I'm only working with X amount of clients for that. And after that, then it's time for me just to step that up even more until you get to that ideal price. Yeah, and I think that's been true for me in my business. You know, when I first started out, my prices were lower. And actually, every time I've taken on a new client since, I'm like, particularly the one-to-one clients, I'm like, right, the next price, you know, I'll do I'll do X amount for this price. And then the next time it goes out, it goes up another price. And it's kind of thinking about, you know, if you want to offer to startup people, yeah. then actually it's a good it's good to have something that's at the bottom, but it's kind of going, right, well, what can I have here that leads people in and thinking about kind of customer journey and all of that sort of thing, but actually kind of having things that are expensive. You know, you might be in a position where things are expensive, but if people really want to work with you, they will find the money to do it. And if not, they can do something different with you. Yeah, I I, I agree with that because it gives people that choice because depending on people's buying decisions, sometimes they need to have a little bit of something with you before they go and buy the full package, okay? One caveat I would say though is make sure it still fits with your vision, okay? What I see is some people, they offer something that is so super low, okay, because you want to incentivize or get people to experience them, but actually their core products are super high, right? But what they end up doing is they actually end up getting their clients or potential clients used to having a really low cost experience. And then they then kind of bulk at the thought of, well, hold on, now you're, you're charging that for something else. It would be like going to McDonald's, for example, and you know buying a hamburger first of all, but then you go, right, I'm going to have my dessert. And then the prices of that dessert is like a five-star Michelin restaurant. Does that make sense? It just doesn't fit into the vision of what that, that company is trying to be. And typically, you're probably trying to be too, too much to everybody and actually, therefore, get um, punish yourself as a result. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think sometimes you go for these kind of twenty-seven pound things. I sell masterclasses for twenty-seven pounds, yeah. but my next level up offering is is not um, ridiculous. But some offers are like four grand coaching, and you're like, right, I've bought twenty-seven pound thing, yeah, and now you want me to spend four grand? I'm like, that's just too big a too big a jump. So it's kind of having everything in proportion. Kind of if you've got a five grand thing, you might have a one grand thing instead. That's a lower option. That's maybe a group or something like that. But it's kind of, and I think customer journey is really important in your business that you're not kind of scattergunning everywhere and all of that sort of thing. Definitely. And again, a strategy, you know, as a third component of it is very much around one thing I'd recommend is, and it's easy for me to say this, right? But the reality is everybody will do it, is be curious about what other people in your industry are doing, but making sure that you don't set your business in the exact same way as other people. Just because their pricing model is a certain way, that doesn't mean that you have to have it that certain way either. Because again, their goals, their their vision might be completely different from yours. Their personality might be quite different from yours as well. So you want to make sure that you actually do what you want for your business. And again, one prime example of that is I... I love working with one-to-one clients. I love working with smaller groups of of business owners. And I do that through my accelerator and also my 90-day masterminds. So for me, if I was to look at someone that's the opposite profile from me, who does everything, you know, mass 
online courses, you know, low touch, but high volume, for example. And if I was to price things like them, can you see, Sally? It just doesn't connect, for example. And what I often see is you actually role model the wrong people in business or in your industry. Because then you might start to look at other people going, well, they're growing faster. They're doing it that way. Why is it not working for me? And again, those internal mindset gremlins can start to play havoc inside your mind. But when you actually go, remember, it's about my business and what's right for me, that often quietens things down and it allows you to go, let me focus in my lane and actually not be distracted by what a lot of other people are doing as well. Yeah, I think because I think it's always really tempting to be doing pricing competitively and, you know, looking at everybody else and what they're doing, going, well, I must benchmark my prices. And a lot of people say to me, you know, I really would like you to do something around competitive pricing. And I'm like, but actually in the small business world, it's not relevant because actually you've got different experience. Like you say, what you want to offer is different. You're almost never offering exactly the same experience to people, even if it looks like you're a social media manager and you're all doing the same thing. But actually, it's not true. You're doing, everybody's doing something slightly different and you come with different experience and a different personality. People in small businesses are buying you and your personality, not just the service that you offer. Absolutely. And it's about recognizing that even from a customer point of view. And I know it's going back to your ideal customer, but some clients want completely different things and they'll pay for that compared to other people. And that's where you get to recognize and go, okay, but what's right for me and the type of clients that you want to work with? Because what I also see is a lot of people get burnt out then by their business or their clients or start to even resent their clients. And that's just because they're feeling like they're not being valued. They're not actually being rewarded. And Sally, I'm sure you've found this out as well with working with clients. When you actually do a lot of the numbers, often some of the clients or business owners look and go, I'm actually getting paid minimum wage before doing some of these things. When you really break it down, and no wonder they sometimes feel quite resentful in terms of all the hours and the effort that they're putting in there and feeling like this isn't working or it's not worth it either. Yeah, and I think because I think when you can look at it and kind of go, well, I do a few client hours, but actually when you start dividing it over the number of actual hours that you work, a lot of business owners work really, really long hours, which isn't healthy and we'll talk about another time, but... (laughs) Actually, they work really long hours. And yeah, you're right. You end up looking like, well, actually, I'm earning like, I'm earning tiny amounts. It's like I need to sort that out. And you either do more client hours or you need to put your prices up. Um, But putting prices up is just such a difficult thing to do. And people really find it very hard to just go, actually, my prices are going up. But you have to do it regularly. And what you said earlier about actually putting prices up incrementally, like the rule of five and stuff like that, rather than going, right now I'm doubling my prices. If you put them up regularly and frequently, people get used to the fact that every year you put your price, a bit like having a pay rise. Yeah. You know, every year it's like 3%, you know, because it's keeping in line with inflation. So the same thing applies in your business and people will get used to it. And it's surprising how few people come back and go, oh, no, I don't want to use it anymore because your price is going up. Unless you're doubling it, in which case they do. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you think about that as a consumer, you know, I had an email from my internet provider and they're increasing their prices by a couple of pounds per month, okay? And I looked in and I went, okay, well, I'm not actually getting much different from it, but I was going, well, that's fine. I mean, it's not going to drive me to go, I'm going to go now completely change to find a new provider and get the installation, et cetera. So a lot of times we are used to that as a consumer, but we can get quite scared when we're on the other side of it going, oh, what will my customers think? But actually, especially if you do serve business owners, and I know not all your clients will, 
But a lot of business owners or as your customers could respect that to go, okay, well, absolutely. I love to see that you're moving forward, that you're growing, because that's what they will also be doing with their customers as well. Yeah. And I think it's also making sure that it's very clear and transparent what you're what you're doing. You give people notice and all of that sort of thing. And I think it makes just a really big difference to your client relationship. And if your clients love you, then they don't want to go out and find a new whatever it is. A bit like you say, going to find a new broadband provider. Oh my God, I've got to go and research it. I've got to go and ring them up. I've then got to get, like you say, disconnected. I've got to get reinstalled. It's the same if you're supplying a service. Somebody's got to learn your business. You know, say you've got a VA, They've, that you've got to onboard them, you've got to spend some time training, all of that time, actually, you'd much rather keep the one you've got. So it's, people are surprisingly, uh, generally not very price sensitive in the end, if they like you and want to keep you. I 100% agree. And again, you might have found this from your experience, but things like pricing or kind of, you know, even getting help with some of these foundations, a lot of business owners can often go, oh, you know, let me just start, let me get things moving and then I'll focus on my pricing, okay? But what they end up doing is they can actually make life so much harder for them to then increase their pricing, for example, or, or readjust it. And I really recommend that, you know, if you are starting or growing your business, really treat it seriously right from the outset. And sometimes that's where you have to think about, right, what is my business model? What's important to me? And therefore, what's my pricing strategy going to be? Really kind of at the outset to then allow you to then, you know, obviously it can adjust and it can kind of grow, but it stops you from getting too far in and then going, hold on a second, I need to go right back to the start or I need to then kind of, have a massive hike with some customers and that's where it can feel challenging for you and also a bit off-putting for some clients as well yeah and i think that's right it's kind of you need to also remember always to pay yourself yeah so loads of people go oh, yes well i'm covering my business costs i'm like yeah but what about paying yourself a salary it's like uh, oh yeah i forgot about that bit yeah. so it's really important to, and to have your desired salary in there from the start not oh well i'd like to you know the minimum i'd like to pay myself is kind of this but the actual amount i need to cover my bills is this it's kind of getting all of that straightened out as early as you can. Yeah. But if you're already in it, don't panic. There are always ways to kind of sort it out. But if you can get it going from the start, you know, I think it makes a big difference. Definitely. And that's why I think also it's about recognizing what is the biggest challenge around it. And that's why, you know, at the start, I talked about design mindset strategy because, you know, for some days, they might spend all the time, right, I need to completely redesign my pricing strategy. But actually, their biggest block might be a mindset block, their belief around it. So actually, yes, you can recreate your pricing strategy. But are you still going to be confident to actually, you know, speak to that potential client or put that price out there if you still got that limiting belief, for example, or vice versa, you might go, it's not a mindset block, it's actually more of a I just don't even know what my vision is or what my design is. And that's what I need to spend more time on that will inform my pricing strategy and to kind of feel like I'm, I'm really taking charge and grow my business. So it's about really identifying and sorting out the right issue to help you move things forward. Oh, it's been brilliant. Thank you ever so much. That's been really helpful. <laughs> and where can people find you? How do they get in touch with you? Best places. Absolutely. So you could tell I could talk about this for hours and hours. Um, I would absolutely welcome every single business owner to see how strong are your foundations right now. So do you have a strong design, a strong mindset and a strong strategy? And I've got a free quiz that you're welcome to go over to rapidtransformation.co.uk slash quiz. And in less than two minutes, you'll get to see how those foundations are for you. And that might help you then to go, right, what do I need to do, especially around your pricing? And 
if you're a listener of a podcast, well, you're listening to this in the first place, then I have a weekly podcast, the Get Out Your Way podcast. You're more than welcome to come and check my weekly episodes in there. We're about 134 so far, so I'm sure there's many that will help you to really get out your way even more. Oh, that's brilliant. Thanks ever so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. Please do leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps spread the word and get more people listening. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at the Pricing Queen, or one word, where I share more tips and advice on how to make more money in your small business. See you next time, Pricing Queens.